welcome to the podcast beginning later lockout edition episode one he's jared frugal i'm alex stone jared we're we're not going to have our faces rubbed off of our website so that's a positive for us yeah you know when mike tomlin said nameless gray faces i didn't think it was going to come to fruition and i didn't think it was going to come to fruition throughout all of major league baseball although mike tomlin is the steelers head football coach so you know, it's it's nice to have a face and a name, and and our employer still employs us through our contracts or whatever we have. So yeah, it's nice to still be working and not locked out and not you know just twiddling our thumbs and not communicating with our team. Yeah, yeah, we're allowed to still talk to each other. We're allowed to talk. Which to is shame because team. really we shouldn't be, but whatever. <laughs> Jared going for blood against Eddie. All right. I can see how it is. Don't want to talk to him anymore. Or you. I mean, either way. Okay. Okay. I see how it is. But alas, we still have a job to do. So Alex, Major League Baseball is the first work stoppage since we were both toddlers. Um, I mean, this is embarrassing on all fronts, but I get it. I mean, I don't mean I get it. I mean, I, this, let's not pretend this lockout has been brewing since 2017 this has been a very very long time coming we absolutely we all knew during that fight in 2020 trying to get the season started that this was absolutely going to be what happened a lockout doesn't mean anything at this point in the offseason besides you can't teams can't communicate with players which stinks for say Blake Cedarland who's still rehabbing from Tommy John surgery can't use team facilities can't use team doctors that stinks uh it's definitely a commu- communication problem for guys like Andy Haynes who are going to be brought in as you know new coaches they aren't going to be able to build those relationships that you normally would during that first offseason there are a lot of challenges that are going to be coming from it, but right now from a strictly game going forward standpoint, lockout in December is not a terrible thing. There's still plenty of time. No season is in danger yet. No spring is in danger yet, but it could happen if, you know, if we're at the same point two months from now and there's no deal in place, then you start to get worried about what the future of the season is. Yeah, I mean, the benefit is this is December. It's not March. It's not February yet. I think if we get to the middle of January and there still is the lockout, there's lockouts that exist, I think clearly then it's time to start getting a little bit worried. The last thing that baseball needs is a work stoppage in the season. I don't think baseball can afford that whatsoever. But, I mean, the the injured guys, I think it hurts the most. I mean, obviously, new staff, communication, that does – that that is severely unfortunate um but the issue is with the injured guys i mean you look at a guy like blake cedarland who is currently rehabbing not having to go outside of the box outside of the organization is not something that i don't think anybody involved is comfortable in or comfortable with um i mean you see jamison tyon talk about it on twitter it's not something that these players are are okay with and comfortable with because they now they have to go to treatment get treatment or whatever, or even stop treatment, um, you know, outside of the organization. And, and, that, and that's just not fair to them. But, I mean, the biggest thing is that Rob Manfred just needs to stop talking. Yeah, yeah, we're at a point that I think, I mean, not to say Tony Clark is, is doing a great job right now, but I think he's just made the one statement. And a lot of problems have come from Rob Manfred just not knowing when the hell to shut up. Like, 
there's a $500 million grievance by the MLBPA hanging out there because Rob Manfred said publicly, yeah, we were never going to play more than a 60 game season. In which case it's like, why the hell did we negotiate for over a month then? If, if this was always going to be the plan, this isn't negotiating in good faith. There's been a lot of times where Rob Manfred has just said stuff that has come back. It hasn't really hurt him yet, but you know, death by a thousand paper cuts type of deal. This is going to be a very ugly set of negotiations. And like I said, I'm not hitting the panic button until calendar turns to February and there's no deal in place, but I wouldn't be shocked if it does that. Not saying that we're going to miss any spring or regular season guaranteed, but it wouldn't shock me. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, Manfred, just some of the stuff that he says is just why, why are you saying this? Obviously clearly it doesn't, number one, it doesn't make sense for anybody involved. Who are you talking to? Uh, Cause one of the comments that he mentioned over the course of this week, was that fans' issues stem from losing players to free agency. Well, in Pittsburgh, good luck getting a player to free agency uh, if he came up with the organization. Now, of course, when you sign guys like Ben Gamble, they're going to end up in free agency or, or people like that. But, I mean, if, if I'm Rob Manfred, if, I, if I'm in the MLB headquarters, which I'm not, although I think it's pretty safe to say either of us could be in there and, and really improve the operation uh i'm telling rob manfred to just just please shut up and just please let it hand let it be handled by the parties that are involved and don't do this through the media um or through social media or whatever channels because this is going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly really really quickly and that's just not something that baseball can't afford at this point in time no they, they can't afford to miss you know even another regular season game anytime soon so just to go through real fast where lockout stands right now, the owners voted unanimously to lockout at 12.01 on Thursday morning. It's hardly unexpected. A lot of things that are being discussed are service time, revenue sharing, when players can reach free agency. There have been proposals to change. The players have suggested $100 million less going to revenue sharing, which... I'm sure the large market teams wouldn't mind, but it definitely does impact teams with the lower payrolls like the Pirates, like the Athletics, like the Rays, like the Marlins. It will, that would have great ramifications. There have been talks of perhaps a salary floor, but that was a very early proposal and we haven't really heard anything since then. I don't think that's, you know, going to come and play at all. And Union has always taken it where you don't want a cap because, or we don't want a floor because that will lead to a cap that is very much off the table for all this. This free agency discussion, changing it based on age, 29 and a half years old and five years of service time, that is something different right there. It'll help make players reach free agency earlier, help get through there, raising the minimum salary. I think that's a huge part of this equation. Uh, I think even tiered salaries for players who are pre-arb, you know, like $800 or $1,000 before you have a year, full year of service time, a million if you have one full year, but less than two, two million if you have two, but less than three, it aren't super two, you know, j- just something like that along those lines, I think would go a long way. It's, I think we can both safely say that whatever deal they do come up with, fundamentals of baseball are going to change for the first time, really, 
since 2003, whenever the luxury tax was instituted. Yeah, I mean, it, it is going to be it is going to be very different. I know a lot of the talk, there's been some talk about the pension. And listen, let's be real. The pension does not help Max Scherzer per se. It doesn't help Justin Verlander or big time contracts like that. It helps the little guys. It helps the guys yeah. that are fringe players that are up for their a lot amount of time. They they get their pension, and then you don't really see any of them. I mean, service time and and career length have really dwindled over the course of the last few seasons. And I think that's essentially where they're at with the pension. And I think you know, listen, you get a pension for for your day job. Uh, I mean, who's to say that they can't get one and, and improve that pension for major leaguers? Because you see all the issues that the NFL has. With theirs down the line, now you have to get to, uh, I, I believe it's five years to get to your NFL pension. Um, but again, it's not helping out the big nine-figure guys or nine-figure um, contract guys. It's helping out the six-figures, the seven-figure contract guys that play in the majors for two, three, four, five years, and then you don't hear anything of them again, or they bounce around in the minors or, or what have you. So, I mean – there's good and bad things. I, I think, you know, um, to me, I wouldn't be against the salary floor if it makes sense. Um, make teams spend money. I mean, obviously it, it's easy to spend money and say that other people can spend money when it's not your money. Um, but, you know, hey, they want to talk about parity. You got to spend money to, to in my mind, you got to spend money to make money. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, how nasty it gets, because, it's going to be a winter storm of, of disaster for the, um, for the major league baseball and uh, the owners and the players. Yeah. Yeah. And just to touch on one thing real fast, this crossed my mind, Ron Manfred's comments about free agency. It's like, yeah, that's really hurting the NBA right now. You know, NBA free agency absolutely is just killing that league. At the yeah. Moment. Oh my God. So, Every, so, everyone, so killer. Everyone hated following baseball, you know, the last week, week and a half with all the trades and signings that were going on. Oh, man, they just hated free agency then. Oh, how could you? How could you like free agency? How could you? But it's hey, better than the Reds owner who said, like, it's not free, unfortunately. Yeah. That's, that's like a literal quote. Uh, uh. <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, it's not the Pirates who say something like that. Yes, yeah, very good on Bob Nutting for not talking right now. <laughs> But, you know, the show must go on. So in the second segment, we're going to talk about some of those roster decisions the Pirates made prior to the lockout, um, before the players turned to nameless great faces on social media and on MLB.com. So we'll get to that here in the next segment on the Pirates podcast we name later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Podcasting Network. He is a nameless great face. I'm a nameless great face, but we still have names. Alex Stump. I'm Jared Prugar. Alex, the Pirates made a, a, a plethora of moves right before the lockout started. Um, some good, some bad. Let's talk about what happened with the Pirates this week. Yeah, and some of it we knew it was coming. We knew Jose Quintana was going to officially be announced as a pirate. We knew Yoshi Sutsugo was going to be officially announced. 
who they gave up for was kind of surprising because they were recognizable names with a couple years of team control remaining. Stephen Broad and Colin Moran. Ben Charrington gave a, hey, you know, we're going to keep the door cracked just in case, you know, attitude with it. But that's that seems slim to non-existent that that would actually happen. And whenever you look at it, Quintana is basically the Stephen Brault replacement, a left-handed starter who would be more of a veteran coming off of a bad-ish year, has a little bit of an injury history, but had, you know, Quintana has a good track record as opposed if you take away those last couple of years. And Yoshi Sutsugo is the left-handed first baseman who they hope could be a power hitter, basically what Colin Moran was. So nothing too surprising there. And even the non-tenders, other non-tender the Pirates made with Chad Cool was not particularly surprising. There was a lot of writing on the wall whenever he didn't immediately take to the bullpen like, a, okay, yeah, this this marriage isn't going to last. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty telling when Sherrington says they want starters, Chad Cool wants to be a starter, and he ends up in the bullpen. Yep. Um, so that's not a surprise. And again, with the injury history, is he a guy that's going to help your organization when they are good or when they're supposed to be good? And Chad Cool, ultimately, I, I think, I don't think he's going to be, he would, he would have been around for that. So, I mean, they're probably going to, they're they definitely need to get another starter. Um, whoever that might be, it remains to be seen. And we really won't know until the season starts again, but you know, it's just one of those situations, you know, the Moran is, is a, is a question mark. Uh, could he have been serviceable? Yeah. Could he, but again, if you sign Sutsugo and pay Sutsugo, Sutsugo is going to play. Um, and he's going to play at first base or DH if the DH happens, which it's expected that it will. Um, so that means Moran of all people is, is, you know, he's expendable and, you know, they, they signed Kevin Newman, um, they they signed him to a contract. And I think that's a little bit, you know, Hey, he improved defensively big time. Uh, can you get the bat to play? And I think that he can at times. but it's going to be one of those situations where that's a position where they are strong at right now. How long is he going to last? Is this a guy that you can flip at the deadline or is this a guy that, Hey, this is the veteran presence for these guys coming up like O'Neill Cruz, like a Pagaro, like uh, Rodolfo Castro, you know, is that the role that he's going to play? And I think, you know, eventually he will have to, because, those guys are going to be better than him um, on the, on the field every day. Yeah. I, I should have mentioned also that Kevin Newman avoided arbitration and basically saved his roster spot by signing a one-year deal. And Roberto Perez, a free agent also signed a one-year deal. Gold glove nomination for Kevin Newman. Uh, Roberto Perez has a gold glove for each hand. Just two hitters coming off of terrible offensive seasons in 2020 and 2021 though. Like Perez might have been a case of where the injuries, you know, hurt him a little bit. And there are some good underlying metrics with that. Like the 10% walk rate is really encouraging. Uh, I believe he had a career high for exit velocity. So it's not like he was a complete hopeless, you know, at the bat. He has, you know, a a couple good offensive seasons under his belt. Not saying that he's going to hit 24 homers again, like he did in 2019. But I don't think he's going to hit a buck 43 or whatever he hit last year again either. And, you know, Kevin Newman, I, I'm currently like working on a mound visit on him at, at the current moment. And man, I, 
interesting cat at this point with the offense, and you got to wonder exactly what happens with him. Yeah, I mean, the defense plays without a doubt. It's just you have to be able to do – you have to be able to be serviceable uh, at the plate. And, you know, can he can he do that? Because right now, they're for the first time in quite some time, there's pressure behind him. There are people pushing for that spot on the field. Is that O'Neill Cruz? Potentially. Is he ready? Probably not yet. Uh, but but he's he's busting down that door here pretty soon. So, I mean, hey, whatever. Brawl, I think it's probably the most likely to be brought back if they bring him back. Uh, if that's an option down the road, um, Chad Cool, not so much, obviously. Moran, not so much. But if they're, you're always going to be able to use a lefty. Um, but with the injury history, with with all that, you know, they know Brault better than anybody in the league. So he would be my vote if they bring anybody back, and they probably put him in a bullpen role. Um, but I, I don't foresee that happening just yet. That's a desperation call, I think, in spring training. Yeah, like I said, I don't see anybody coming back from it. And if we're talking like low single-digit percentage, which one I think has the best chance? Uh, Moran? Because you still might need a DH if Mason Martin gets poached in Rule 5. There's not a lot of first base depth-wise that could help. Like, not saying that Moran is really a likely case to come back, but it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, that's the hit. He can hit. I mean, that's... But again, the Pirates are going to do what they feel is necessary to compete. Maybe not this year, because I think they kind of threw that into the wind um, when they traded Jacob Stallings. But, you know, we're going to see what the Pirates have and and see what options there are. And unfortunately, they're all nameless great faces until this lockout is over. Hey, we have one more segment left. We're going to change this up for our lockout editions. We'll be right back. Jared Krugar. We've gotten rid of our nameless great faces because we're going to transition. We have selected, and by selected, this is literally the only response that we got um, in the 20 minutes that we've been recording. Um, Brian Hodos at at B Hodos, um, best pro wrestler that has or had ties to Pittsburgh. Alex, first of all, what would your wrestling name be and why? Oh, God. I. I don't know. I'm going to preface this with saying I know next to nothing about uh, wrestling in general, WWE or, or like the actual wrestling. But uh, I, I, I don't know. What would my wrestling name be? You hit me. <laughs> I, I have no idea, Alex. That's why I asked you. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of something for you, like, like the – the, Al- the Altoona Masher or, or something like that. The Altoona good, Assassin sounds a little bit better. Um, all right. All right. The Baldwin, Baldwin Brainiac. So we've got the Altoona <laughs> okay. Assassin and the Baldwin Brainiac. Alex, give me your best pro wrestlers that, has, or ha- that have or had ties to Pittsburgh. Oh, man. I know 100% you're looking this up on Google right now. I'm trying to, and I can't remember the name of uh, – he passed about a year ago. Bruno San Martino. 
Thank you. Thank you. That's my answer because that's as far as my very, very, very limited knowledge of wrestling can go. That's fair. Uh, I like, obviously I like Bruno San Martino and then a couple of recent, um, uh, recent people. I like to walk with Elias every once in a while. I like his character. Um, I remember watching a, a show at stage AE back when I lived in Pittsburgh. So this is probably about 2015, 2016, uh, before I moved home to Altoona. And it was his first show on NXT. And we sat like right behind his family. And it was a really cool experience. And at that point, he was the drifter, I believe. And it was, that was really cool. And then uh, the most recent uh, Pittsburgh um, native or Pittsburgh ties that we have is Dr. Britt Baker, MD. Um, she's actually a dentist in Pittsburgh, I believe, or, or a dentist wherever she lives. Uh, but she, uh, from Pittsburgh, is in AEW, um, a Penn State alum. Uh, she was at a Penn State game earlier this season. Um, so we have that. Now, Alex, what would your move, what would your finishing move be as as the ball? Oh, sorry, I di- I didn't mean to say Alex. I meant the ball one brainiac. What would your um what would your finisher be? I the finisher won't matter. It'd be me checking the exit velocity and in my spin rate after that matters. Okay, so when you jump from Stack the top attack, when you jump for the from the top rope, what would your spin rate be? Uh, probably about. 0.1 rotations per minute. I've seen Alex golf, and that sounds actually really accurate. <laughs> oh man! Personally, mine would. I'm being be exposed for knowing no, knowing no sports besides baseball on this podcast. This is a good one. And, hey, listen! Welcome to the lockout edition of the Pirates Podcast. Be named later. We'll be That's here all off season. Yes, we will. And we're going to need ideas uh, for these third segments too. Is this so. actually deemed the off season, or is this an no season that's why i just riff with lockout edition whatever happens happens hopefully we don't have too many editions of this but you know we're prepared if there are give us topics for us to riff about in this third segment if you want to know uh my favorite 80s one hit wonders jared's favorite things at the olive garden which one of us would uh win in a do or die Mario Kart situation, whatever. There will be, <laughs> gonna a, be we, if, depending on how long this lockout goes, we will 100% be commentating during our Mario Kart battle um, on the Nintendo Switch. So brace yourselves. It can be a long, long winter. We might as well just live stream that one day. Yes, that will probably, we'll turn this, we'll turn it into a video podcast that day. We'll. <laughs> Okay. We'll get on StreamYard or getting on, get on Twitch and, and people will love it. Or they won't love it. And you know what? That's on them for, for not liking our, us having fun. And we'll have to wager something on it. See, maybe, maybe we'll open it up. Maybe we'll open it up to people wagering on, you know, who's going to win, Alex or Jared. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I'll, I'll take Alex and minus two and a half points. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast to be named later, Lockout Edition Episode 1. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. Be sure to follow the other ones that come out here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week. Mm-hmm.